on the actual hand so movement. No idea. Check, check. One, two. Two, two. One, two. Okay. So. So this episode may be a bit of a cop out to some. But the thing is, Matt, there was something lined up for this month that fell no, through. Was, well, so that was meant we'll to come be back to that. We'll and come back to that. It might still happen. Yeah, and there was no plan B really in place. We, I left it too late to sort anything else out. Only had a few days to get this done, and I still think this is relevant. It is, kind of. We are talking about the the movie Airheads, Fox Pictures, nineteen ninety three. Ninety three. Ninety three. <laughs> Starring Brendan Fraser, uh, Adam Sandler, and Steve Buscemi. And Michael McKean. And Michael McKean. Michael Richards. And Michael Richards. Joe Mantenga. Joe Mantenga. Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson. Chris Farley. Chris Farley. <laughs> Al Ramis. <laughs> Al Ramis. He's Mike a... Judge. <laughs> he didn't even read that off anything. He got no. it on top of his head. And it was directed by... The DVD case is over there. You can <laughs> just go and get it. It's got the cast on it. So the reason we're talking about this movie is there's one scene with Lemmy in it. <laughs> and but, and Motorhead uh, on the, did you say, the, the opening credits? Yeah, yeah. And there's a picture of Lemmy in the film The first somewhere. thing that happens in the movie is a Motorhead song. It is. It, it opens on... I had a policy a long time ago, before the age of Netflix and, and uh, you know good strong internet you could download anything you watch like if i was flicking through the movie channels and i heard a song or i saw a motorhead t-shirt i would watch that movie just to see what happened never really worked in my favor that often no i saw coneheads for the first time that way remember coneheads Cone, yeah Cone, that's, that's they, entertaining in its own way they'll generally put that on film for like the opening film on like a weekend like like the one o'clock or eleven o'clock film yeah, on there yeah, it, it's okay but it's <laughs> That that was a rock and roll movie, so would that movie have been the same without Mohead as a different I uh, I think we're justified in talking about this. It's like it's of its time and it's like it's it this is right but this not planned at all, but this is like right when Bastards has been released. Right. So it kinda of makes sense to talk about this next before we go on to sacrifice. Okay, so first some of um filmic history for you. Which I'm going to use my BA film degree for the first time ever this way until you right now. But nothing actually learned from the BA film degree. Something I learned by watching all movies. So, the driving. You know, the the days of yore. The, the apple pie and baseball and leave it to beaver and all that stuff. There was a way of making films that was, we need a scary monster or we need to get this, yeah, something that'll get the kids in. Yada yada. And then they came up with the concept of the beach movie. The surf movie, or the summer fun hit, whatever yeah. it was called, yeah? And the idea of that was, we'll get some teens of bikinis, and we can put them on the big screen, and we can say it's a movie, but really, it was the first ever pandering to a teenage demographic yeah. with titties. And they also, they well, teenagers, they also like bands, so we need to put a band in all these movies. So if you go back and watch, like, old shitty movies, or, like me instead, you go back and watch old episodes of Mystery Science Theatre, you'll find the old shitty movies they were churning out... We're all based around like, oh, we've got this guy from this band. We need to put his band in a movie. Let's make a movie for it. And it's just some weird crime or some monster is found. But they always have like three scenes that happen on a beach where everyone just starts dancing to this band that starts playing. Or it's in a, it's like they say, 
oh, the, the killer's hiding out at the local dance. Quick, let's go there. And then the band plays. You see what I'm saying? So you're saying that like this is like a bit of a homage to like the rock and roll I'm saying that... movies of the 50s, but updated for... Not gonna say a modern audience because this film hasn't aged that well. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying Hollywood has I was saying a system in place of uh, it follows a trend, it drives that trend into the ground. It forgets about it, it comes back. Because then you get to like the eighties, and then it was like you know uh, like Hamill stuff and like slasher films and stuff. A lot of them were just like, well, let's just chuck a band in this as well. You know? Yeah. And yeah. All the shit that happened like that. Hellraiser 3, Armored Saints. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rock and Roll High School <laughs> being the prime example. A movie that was meant to be for Blondie. They turned it down. The Ramones signed up to be in a movie like three weeks before it was out. And then it just became a whole movie about them. I have to go back and watch that. Rock and Roll yes. High School is great. It's only got one good joke in it, but the songs are fantastic. And it's amazing how awkward the Ramones are in it and how angry Johnny Ramone is. <laughs> a perfect encapsulation of the band. But uh, what else is a good example of that? They they tried to give Kiss a movie and it was like oh we'll sell this on the strength of Kiss everyone likes Kiss it's great and it fucking sucked and they refused to release it because it was that bad is that the, the, the Phantom, the Phantom, of, the of, the Phantom of, of something Park yeah, yeah. I've I've heard but I'm not a big Kiss fan oh I'm not a big you have Kiss no joy fan in your that, soul. that I hate them <laughs> <laughs> so and then it looks like the nineties. This thing came around again because it's Generation X's. Yeah, Gen X's. I mean, so this I, is I, like I MTV coming. This is MTV coming off its uh, second big boon, isn't it? Because like you know the rock and roll. Yeah, because the, the rock and wrestling era of MTV when it was just starting out. That's just come off. It's just sort of coming off that and be- becoming a bit more edgier, isn't it? And we're getting like rock bands and stuff. Like we've got uh, Primus playing in Bill and Ted and. <laughs> A lesser known Brendan Fraser movie. Uh California Ant has it Infectious Grooves playing it who are I'll I'll plug them all day. Infectious Grooves. Infectious Grooves, it it's the offshoot of uh suicidal tendencies. Oh shit, okay. So Robert Trahegel plays bass in both of those who now plays bass in Metallica. Oh, <laughs> which is wow. like okay. really odd to see him in a film with Brendan Fraser and Paulie Shaw. And it's amazing. We can't forget, of course, Ace Ventura. Yes, of course. <laughs> Pet Detective, not When Nature Calls, which is the lesser sequel. Ooh, well, that it is, is a tough... It is, okay. well, the lesser sequel. <laughs> I think they're both terrible once you watch them back in this day and age. I'll, I'll have to go back. Like I, do, I wouldn't it... recommend it. But uh, Napalm Death? No, it's Cam- Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse. Oh, what a, what a layman's error on my part. Yeah, Napalm Death wouldn't sell out. They, they were shoving bands in movies at this point. Napalm Death were on TFI Friday. Um, Friday, fuck yeah, yeah, and they were also in. No one will remember this because it was from a few years ago. In the Viz, they starred in a comic strip in the Viz about where they solved a mystery in a haunted windmill. Honestly, the strip is like three panels long, and that's it. That, but that's that's the kind of like commercial deal that Napalm Death go for. Not, not obviously, to, yeah. not to, like, to film me. They're not going to get films made about them. No one's uh, endorsing them to shoes or anything. Someone will probably correct me. So <laughs> the guy who wrote this, uh, Rich Weeks, Wilkes, is it? Yeah, that's an L. Good eye. Wish Wilkes, who wrote uh, that new, uh, uh, Nikki Six. Do you write the the dirt, the Motley Crew? Yes, Motley Crew. He wrote that, but I he... don't like Motley Crew. But it's 
it's a pretty good movie. I haven't seen it. I will get around to it. I don't like Motley Crue either. He kind of made a career from just doing this. He made The Stone Age, which is a, a early stoner comedy stuff, and they put an umlaut over the O in that. Um. So, uh, and then uh, he kind of segued into the Jerky Boys movie. So he's just making like weird, like of its time stuff. Speaking of its time, he made the Triple X movie. So, ugh. I don't think I've seen any of those. You don't need to. So essentially, what I'm saying to you here, the people at home, is this: this was a movie of its time, and God, what a time it was! Imagine a, a, a time when that many people were into metal. It's very, it's really nostalgic. Because I think the first time I watched, well, actually, the first time I watched this was a uni, but it remind it reminds me very much of like '90s films where just everything's so simple. There's <laughs> there's one thing that is causing people problems and then by the end of the film it's resolved and everyone goes home and it's not high art but it's fucking entertaining yeah there's um, a lot of films and like it's this. got great songs in it as well so doubler like fucking wayne's world that's another example of good yeah. good music in a good movie the, the premise of the movie in case you don't know is uh dude Chaz is in this band called the lone rangers which is a that's the reoccurring joke yeah. for our it's, film it's, it's a smart movie it's not like Above its station smart. It's, no, it doesn't it's... try anything yeah. like that. Uh, and he's sick of not making it. And he gets egged into like, oh, let's just take our demo down to the radio station and we'll take these fake guns. And if they start giving us jip about not playing it, we'll just punk fake guns at them. And then chaos ensues. And then it's it's a gritty uh, hostage <laughs> movie. <laughs> Film does a completely one complete one eighty in tone about twenty minutes in. Yeah, it's when it's a gun not, goes off and shoots an old lady through the face. <laughs> <No>. It's <laughs> to it, deal it's, with the consequences. It's good natured, uh, buddy humor, whatever it is. But it's definitely something that's not just made as a cash grab. It's you know the studio have agreed to do it as a cash grab, but the dude who's wrote it, I got he's coming from a good place like he obviously knows his music he's i bet he's like said these are the bands i want used in this thing even though they will be ones that are on the label as well because it's the same bands that you see in all the the stickers and stuff like they've been yeah. very carefully selected by like oh they're on a subsidiary so we can plug them yeah in, there's yeah. like you see like stickers for obituary and there's like loads for megadeth and is it kmfdf yeah kmfdf big yeah. stickers in there there's some meg- loads of the, loads of them all over the place so, it, so the guy like was a rocker slash punk he made some punk rock documentaries. And you see, like, little nuances of dedication to, like, at the beginning, the opening credits. Like, they're all, like, used instruments that are in this cool little monster. Yeah, like, one of the one of the touches I like on it, you can see, like, the wah pedals, like, got, like, rust and, like, bits where the paint's chipped off. And, like, there's, like, a stop-motion bit with a microphone, but it's obviously the microphone's been dropped mm-hmm. at some points because it's got, it's got those, like, those straight bits on the on the bulb and everything yeah, where it's been dropped and, and like lost its shape. Even like the CDs, you can see in the 1080p version of it, you can see detailed more. You can see uh, fingerprints and stuff on them, which was like a real problem back in the CD days. But with like really weak lasers as well. And yeah, yeah. See uh, I mean. well, like that, that's why I don't Just have any novel- of my old CDs. The novelty of that, of CDs now. It's ridiculous. You can explain that to the kids these days, could you? And a tape plays. Actually, not even a tape. A reel-to-reel he made, and a cassette. He made a demo and they gave, like, the band in this make a demo and they give him, like, a reel-to-reel tape at the end of it. How bizarre is that? Like, they 
they would have had to go to record labels and stuff because how else would they have got that out to people? The cassette tapes. Yeah. They would have to hand out cassette tapes. They would have to have their own instrument, their own equipment to make reel to reel and to cassette tapes at home. It's not, isn't it? Because I mean, I, I've ne- it's so expensive to record on tape. Now that like the novelty of like they've actually got a reel to reel tape, which it like is played for laughs in the film because it's like how are we supposed to play that? What do you want me to play this on? <laughs> we don't have a reel to reel machine. You mad? And, and and like now it's such like a big thing. It's really sort of like oh I, I re- like Dave Grohl the Foo Fighters like I'll record everything on tape and it's like well it's not really a point but it's dead expensive <laughs> as well. Well they can afford it, can't they? talking more of a movie than anything else like i like a good movie i like a movie that does good world building straight away and this does because like the first scene is him trying to get into like a record label to get his thing heard by someone it's uh, very um oh it's it's nearly shot for shot uh ace ventura pet detective yeah oh yeah right? it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well they're catching in like the popular movie of the time you can't blame them for that they're paying homage to the popular movie of the time they're ripping it off but the thing is, like, I don't know, you know, because I think I think this is before Ace Ventura, or it's very no, close. It, it's got to be after, in it, because uh, Napalm Death were going to be in it. Cannibal Corpse. Cannibal Corpse. Sorry, Cannibal Corpse was oh, scheduled yeah. to be in this movie in the the in the concert scene that was White Zombie, but because Cannibal Corpse were in Ace Ventura, Fox decided they didn't want to promote them twice, and <laughs> they didn't want to give them that much focus. They didn't want to get confused yeah. with Ace Ventura, They're like the multiverse theory of the interesting to know. But my point is, like, when he, like, I would say break in, he uh, finagles his way into this office and getting off the elevator is this this band that are going to see a, a record exec and they're all wearing the same matching clothes and the same matching silly cat and the hat hats. And the dude who's like their manager, you can tell because he's wearing a suit and stuff, he's like, now nobody say anything when you get in there. What's the exact quote? Uh, I remember, anarchy. Anarchy is good. <laughs> but then he says, don't do anything. It's it's showing you what the music scene was like at the time. Like This is like when music got so popular and commercial that you could make a good living out of it. But like, that's also what ended up killing it. Because mm. too many people not involved in it were making money off it, making decisions that ultimately drove that shit into the ground. It's made it an interesting time, this as well, for the type of music. Because really, I don't, I'm not going to say the film's missed the boat, but it seems like this may have done, or may have seemed a lot more relevant if it was made about eight years earlier. Really? <laughs> yeah, because it's all about, like, everyone in it is wearing, like, a Van Halen t-shirt yeah, or yeah. a Megadeth t-shirt or, like, Aussie t-shirts and stuff, and, like... There's actually a line in the film where they say, like, oh, you don't rate that Seattle garbage mm. or that garbage coming out of Seattle. And this is, like, like Cobain's dead less than a year after this comes out. Like, this isn't even, like, oh, it's just an overcoming thing. It's, like, at its peak <laughs> grunge and everything. They're like, oh, yeah, you don't rate that garbage coming out of there. And it's, like, it's taken over. It's yeah. worldwide. They, they were desperately hanging on to the scene, but I guess it's an LA an LA thing. It was just more popular there. Yeah, I mean, where's but, hair metal in all of this? Like, it's not at its, its highest heights no, it's, now, is it? Grunge kills kills it off in the nineties, but that's that's a really metal's interesting. Metal's moving more into like grindish at this point. Like, what's Pantera up to at this point? As... Um, they'll have come out of their their hair metal phase yeah. with that that weird lion CD. If anyone's seen that, it's. The... Amazing. I've seen the cover. <laughs> yeah, it's they sound weird at that stage. But like, if you look at um, 
if you look at trends of like metals a genre where you rarely see it as well if you look at the environment that the bands are in and how it influences mm-hmm. the music yep. again this being set in la with the whiskey and and everything it's very girls sun drugs mm-hmm. and everything that's what all the songs are about so that you get like bands like poison and motley crew and guns and roses coming out of there you've got seattle it's a bit it's a bit that the weather's sadder. not as good it's it's sadder it's it seems more depressing the weather's like bad and everything it's not there's not all that going on and you get the grunge scene sort of coming out of there there's the famous the famous quote that black sabbath it's the sound of the factories because mm-hmm. they worked in yeah. factories in birmingham so it's very much like that and you could say that for like judas priest and napalm death coming out of there as well like the environment really shapes music it does this time so yeah it's like it, it makes sense that all these bands are still sort of popular around la at this time but but it was, like say it was on its way out and yeah this, this would have been the last boom over to all those people that were so into white zombie would have yeah we're, get, we're getting we're getting more not been there music seems to be going from like theatricality and like not saying posing an image but going from like bands like poison dressing up mm-hmm. and like big hair and makeup and everything like that and it's becoming more gr- like people in flannel shit i don't <laughs> want to stereotype but like bands like soundgarden pearl jam who just making music just about the environment and they're in and what's going on in the world and they sort of it's because it's losing its edge this is very like gen x territory even... going into yeah. but it's weird how gen x seems to you, you seem to have the tail end of like big 80s hair metal yeah. boom but going into like the grunge scene and everything what we're it's... talking about is even a subplot of the movie because the radio station that they take over is a uh, about to become a soft rock station <laughs> so this is like the last days for that station it's like a last hurrah isn't it where they're all like in the they all the fans are congregating in the parking lot it's like oh, what one last part it, yeah I think I don't know if we're reading too much in to the, <laughs> the, some of the subplots of this movie. <laughs> this is what I do. I read into this show. The, speaking of reading into this stuff, I've watched this movie many times. Like, I think since, this is since the I was second time I've watched this. Since I was a wee boy, I had this taped and I've watched it over and over again. Like the, there were jokes in there I didn't understand until I got a bit older, but there's themes in there I didn't understand as well. Like how um, Chaz says when uh, he's talking to the the radio host guy. Oh, I want to say Handsome Dan, no, but it's, it's not Handsome not Dan. Handsome Dan. <laughs> hey, 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 that's Mr. Scream. Wayne's World is a great movie. Uh, but there's a bit in it when uh, Chaz, uh, the dude says to Chaz... The Shark like, Man. Yeah, he says, that the- what's with all like the tattoos? Which I found fucking uncertainly relevant because this would have been... Uh, it's coming out of the times of glam. Uh, it's coming into like getting uh, angrier and angrier. And at the time, it would have been, you know, a few stylish tattoos, whereas you look at music now, it's just like, oh, fucking all over your tattoos. You know? He's, he's ahead of the trend there. Like, it shows, like, there's one guy looking at it going, like, what's with you kids and this? And he's, and then, like, when in the real verse that this happens in, like, Chaz would be older. He'd be looking at the scene now with, like, fucking bring me the horizon. And say, you know, what's with you guys and neck tattoos? You know what I mean? Even Chaz says in this, like, do you think I give a shit about the Beatles? And yeah. They've just... been shoving this old school rock down my throat my whole life. And I'm a Beatles fan, but at the same time, I do agree with him. And he says, like, um, what does 
It's Purple Haze, isn't it? Yeah. What message do you think Purple Haze is trying to is it something get I, over? I, because I love defending my sound and my taste with anything, but then you look at like the Motorhead back catalogue, as we've said many times, a lot of the songs are just about like fast cars, loose women, and even though it is a music style and band that I would defend to my dying death, you can't just go like, yeah, but you know, um, fucking going to Brazil is a is a is a rich deep examination of the life of a band on the road. It's just a fun song. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think like because people read too much into into stuff sometimes where like I'll like compare Bohemian Rhapsody to like a, uh, this is going like Nicki Minaj and it's like they post like the two lyrics and it's like it took six people yeah. to write this Nicki Minaj song. It's like not not defending either way, but. You know, some not everything has to have this big message or this mm. this deep subtext. It's good if there's an sometimes album with that on there, though. Huh? It's good if there's an album with that stuff on. Yeah, it, but... it's sometimes some songs are just to be enjoyed. Like, not everyone wants to sit down and listen to six hours of King Crimson, <laughs> and like you know, like see or like all the clever bits, all the clever stuff they're doing about like different time signatures and playing different beats alongside each other and what they're doing and everything it's like you know sometimes you just want to put on something and just enjoy it and i'm not keen on like music snobs and everything over this because it's in the eye of the beholder isn't it it's what you make of it if you want to listen to that something like that fair enough might not be my cup of tea or anything but like if you enjoy it enjoy it it's a good message we should talk about the film, really, because... I'm trying to think of the film. Well, what do you think of the cast? Is it is the cast oh, yeah. right? The, oh, like, absolutely. the Lone Rangers? Steve Buscemi can never be cast as anything wrong any time. He shouldn't work in this, but it does. But he does. Yeah. He, you know, like I say, he, he plays the, the bassist, you know, calm, quiet, but is also the first one that's going to snap. Yeah, he's very. he's got a short fuse, and it, it shows at a couple of... They they get this whole band thing right, man. They've got like the uh, the angry one. They've got the 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 thick yet lovable one, and then they've got the the lead singer with ideas above the station. <laughs> yeah, it's the only thing like with this, like some of the stereotypes. I'm not entirely. I'm not. I'm not saying like, oh, I'm triggered <laughs> by this or offended, but like, or everyone who's portrayed as being into metal is like just either not an idiot, mm. but not far above being but, but at, <laughs> at that exact point though i would say i appreciate the fact that they're showing like this this guy who's the main character of this movie is isn't a genius i i you know there is one bit which i think is misplaced and if only they'd done it sort of the other way around it's when they first storm the station and brett and uh chaz does his speech about We've been busting our ass mm-hmm. doing this, playing all these clubs to no one, playing like just to other bands and their girlfriends and everything. I'm and it's like every, every day in the street and I'm living it. Don't you tell me about rock and roll. Yeah. I am rock and roll. That speech <sighs> should be when the shark man tells him when he stood in front of the stage in front of 20,000 people at the forum, what's he going to say? Because all he says is rock and roll. And even Michael McKean's no, like, no, is no. that all you've got to say? No, no, I completely disagree with that because that's. That bit when he says, "Don't you tell me about rock and roll," because he's giving, he's giving it back to this like suit wearing faux ponytail. I'm in the music industry, but I don't listen to music, motherfucker. And he's saying like, "Don't you tell me what's popular? Like, don't tell me what I'm gonna like. Don't tell me what I'm gonna play. I'm gonna do my thing. 
And then later on, when he said, what are you going to say in front of this crowd of millions? He's going to just enjoy it. He's going to be in the moment. He's going to say rock and fucking roll, which is why I love this movie, man. The whole point of it, we get to the last scene. Like, whatever, you don't need to know all this crap in the movie. Watch the movie, but... Oh, yeah, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen... <laughs> How old is this? Old enough. 26 years yes, old. It's of legal age. But if you get to this bit of the movie where the dude like they get offered a record contract and Chaz is like, well, you haven't even heard the song. How how can you offer us a record contract? And the band agree. We're like, well, we need their lawyers because we're in a lot of trouble here. So if we sign the record contract, we might not go to prison. As the record exec in the movie says, Vince Neil only did five 30 days, days. 30 days. I think. Vince Neil only did 30 days and he killed a guy. <laughs> record rock stars do not go to jail. Which is code for rich white people don't go to jail. But anyway, they get to the they're gonna perform in front of this crowd and it's gonna be cool and it's gonna rock. But then the record exec says, "Oh, we're gonna make you lip sync and we're just gonna dub it in later." Every, both times I've watched this because oh, I, I, I know how the film ends. It's like every time, like Adam Sandler does the drum roll and it's like those drums sound like <laughs> shit. And it's like, yeah, that that's, that's the, the point. point because they're <laughs> prop, they're faux drums. And he says, you've got to lip sync. And he goes, no, we're not doing that. And the record guy goes, well, you fucking do what I say because I'm the power. I am what controls creativity. You dance on my strings. In not so many words. And then it comes, like, the drum rolls playing. And he goes, oh, shit, what are they going to do? And he folds his arms and he says, no, man. I ain't no one's puppet. I'd rather go to jail than be a sellout. And then I go, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, Lone Rangers. That's that's the point of the movie to me. <laughs> it's about principles. It's about rock and roll. It is the actual rock and roll attitude. Like this is my sound. This is what I believe in. This is the way I carry myself and I represent my sound. Fuck you if you don't like it. I think very Moseyhead way of looking at things. I think they they should have ended the film like when they're playing in the prison. I think because that kind of like Joe you know what they've kind of made it in their own right. They're playing. It's been broadcast. No. Or even nationally, but they are just still played in the in the prison. The bit that annoys me is like, and this happens on a lot of like, um, a lot of fiction films where they have an epilogue, which is <laughs> just like two lines of text, and it's like we can't be bothered filming another ended. They actually made it, well, and they made really, they did really well for themselves. They sold <laughs> six million records on their date. Can you believe that? <laughs> It's that's, like show us. It's more of a studio thing, and like because they they won't let you put out a movie that doesn't have a really happy ending. No, but I think I think that's a, a happy ending as it is. Just them playing the, the prison, everything. It's being broken. They're they're serving their time. They've learned. Well, not saying they've learned their lesson. Well, you it's wouldn't like, you wouldn't have known unless there was text saying, and then they got. Oh, out. but that's ridiculous. Just you, show it after. Yeah, show them getting know, released but... afterwards, and show them like being coming out of prison, being bundled into a limo to go to a show or something it's just like do you know what they did really well for themselves and they all they had long and happy lives and they had a really they had 17 (laughs) albums can you believe it and um they all they all only married once um... the exact quote is and the album live and in prison went triple platinum it's just a way of putting that joke in there that's pretty good yeah i don't agree i've seen like worse films that do it like yeah I'm sure. I'm sure there was some Seagal movie we watched where he's breaking people out of prison, and then like, or it's not like he break he he breaks out of prison, but it's one of those where it's like, oh, it's the the conditions are like really bad, and the epilogue is just like two years later the prison was closed. It's like <laughs> no one cares. It's not real. It's the, spoiler alert again. It's the, the the joke of the the Dewey Cox walk hard. You know the the 
the spoof, the yeah. Cash spoof, where he, like, he plays his like grand reunion and like the text is like he dies two minutes later of a massive heart attack. I need to watch that film again. Oh, so good. This is an extended version of that. It's really good as well. I'm going to have to check it out. This film, the only thing we need to really left talk about is one hour, six minutes in. We've yeah, we've surprising. We haven't talked about this. Yeah, Lemmy's in it. Lemmy's in it, and but that's the whole point. It, we've watched yeah, this before he's in it, and before we see a picture of him, and before we hear him, uh, they they are grilling a guy who's who says he is a record exec about making a deal, and they ask him some questions to see if he's a pig or not. And one of the questions they ask him is, "Who would win in a wrestling match, Lemmy or God?" And the answer. I hate this line. <laughs> Trick question. Let me ask God. Yeah. I hate that line. I t- it's he must have known so cringeworthy. No, but it's so cringeworthy. It's pretty corny, but it is. To put on my analytic movie, man, it shows you the perfect mindset of the world that those guys live in. Is like they put Lemmy as this highest authority, as they should. Mm. But then Lemmy is in the movie himself when uh, it, it's revealed the big dramatic twist that Chaz, Brendan Fraser, our handsome protagonist, used to be a nerd. I, I don't oh, get no. this. This subplot's ridiculous. And it's he only, used to be a nerd. Only he used to play Dungeons and Dragons, man. And he thinks his girlfriend's going to leave him because he used yeah, to be Yeah, it's like this big thing where it'll, ru- it'll totally ruin his image and reputation. It's ju- yeah. it's like a subplot that like lasts like about five minutes and to be like as you as you mentioned in this there are some very good um subplots in there where the seeds are sown which yes, come good, up later writing, like with with the SWAT team leader who turns up who's telling well stay away from talking about Kramer um <laughs> anyway he t- he's telling him over the phone in a diehard uh, McLean Al type moment that his Very wife nice. slept with the pool cleaner, <laughs> and later on he fi- he finds out that Adam Sandler's pip is a pool There's cleaner. A pool he cleaner. thinks he slept with his wife, so out. now he wants to use lethal yeah. force against these people. <laughs> which is it brings back the text, and it's it's an excuse to put the gun into the situation, which is movie unfolding, movie unfolding. But anyway. Lemmy is out there in the, the courtyard when everyone's doing the I am Sparkus thing. And I used to be a nerd too. I used to be a nerd too. But it starts off with a guy going, I played D&D too. And, everyone goes, eh, yeah. and then Lemmy standing in the crowd going, I was the editor of the school magazine. Which can't be true, but okay. I don't think it is. I don't think they would have had a school a school magazine it's, in... Even as a kid, this that this scene confused me because like we've seen pictures of Lemmy. We've heard the song. We know this is in the world where Lemmy is Lemmy. So why is he just standing out there in the crowd? Yeah, he's <laughs> in. Not being bothered by anybody. He would have been swarmed by people. Well, like, you can argue that, like, Motorhead's music might, it's only over the starting credits, so it's not like someone's listening to it on the radio or something. But there are pictures of pictures Lemmy of yeah. in the in the record company halls. Or... And he's of enough notoriety that some people believe he is God incarnate. Yes. So... <laughs> It's weird, but you know it's fun. It's it's a good role for Lemmy shoved in. I'm trying to think what else there is to say. Go watch. Do the we movie. want to recommend the, the yeah, film? Yeah, totally. It's it's yeah, just popcorn and just switch off. Enjoy. I it. love this movie. It's, it's one of my all time favorites. You know this and Wayne's World. Like, I could do word for word of Wayne's World for you any any fucking moment. I man. do. I do really like Wayne's World. That Wayne's World is like the movie I've watched more times than anything. Maybe Monty Python Holy Grail as well, but. Wayne's World probably more because the soundtrack was so cool. Yeah, I mean, second one's not as good, but I, I've 
I don't know if this is. I, I prefer the soundtrack in Wayne's World might be better than the soundtrack in this because the soundtrack in Wayne's World has Dio, but this has Motorhead and Motorhead wearing on Wayne's World one. No, I don't think there's a lot of Wayne's. Had uh, the Lemonheads on it though in Wayne's World, and this had uh, Fawn on Blondes, which is a weird choice. But the this movie ends with a Ramon song, so. Any movie that ends with a Ramon song, I have to give a thumbs up to. It starts Which off is, with Born to Raise Hell, that ends. It's a, it's a, a trend that's happening in 2018 19 that I'm a fan of. Movies end with Ramon songs because Spider Man did it, and then Shazam copied them, and then Spider Man 2 did it. So let's keep that ball rolling, Hollywood. I know you're listening to this, Hollywood. Just more Ramones. More songs, Ramones. Is that what we're saying? And yeah, why not? More Motorhead, too. More Motorhead songs. Okay, on. so that's that then. Good, yeah, we got some fodder out of that. We, we got a lot of fodder out for what a three seconds cameo <laughs> in this film. Next time we'll do an album. Yeah, this it's not cobbled <laughs> together. This. No, no, no. Next time we'll be more prepared and uh, join us. Now. What's the next album again? Sorry. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Ooh, some good stuff. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. <laughs> okay. Thirty-four and four percent chance of beating you. <laughs> uh, catchphrase. Good motor heading. See you later. See you next time. Um, follow the bed. Oh, and if you like talking about, if you like me talking about movies, we have a Danny Trio fan podcast on Tap Hat and Kane. You should probably listen to too because we do lots of B movies on that. Cheers. <laughs>